Hi, Anna. Anna O'Brien. Hi, Gary. Okay, you were just saying you still get nervous about this. Yeah. What's I nervous do. about this? Let's get this like like throw the throw the elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, um, video. Talking yeah. about yourself. Yeah, talking about myself, uh, putting myself like right out there. Exposure, attention. Yeah. 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 You're not, you're not used to that. No, right. I'm not. It's it's, uh, it's it's all new. It's all new. It's all new. Okay. But you're choosing to do this anyways. We're going to post this. It's going to be on YouTube and in the network and self-mastery network, you know, and yet you're doing it. Yeah. Why? I know, that, I know that I can do it. Okay. And I know that if I do it, it will become something that I can do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Training. I see the fear. The fear of it sits in front of me. Okay. But once I've done it, the fear will be behind me. Okay. And yet we've, we've had an interview before. We it's like didn't get posted or edited. So we're doing this anyways, because you're a different person now than you were nine months ago. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. The fear's in front of you. Okay. I'm doing it anyways. Some yeah. other will to like not let that control my life. You do the interview next time. There's still some fear there. Is it as strong? No, no, it's not as strong this time as last time. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, um, it's more of a, I can notice it. I can yeah. feel it's there, but yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's because you've done it once doesn't mean all problems solved. And it's like, it takes a repetition pattern to build up. Uh, I still find that like, I want this centering moment before I start. It's like, focus. So, anyways, I'm Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com. This is Anna O'Brien, good friend, former client, uh, went to the self-mastery work uh, and changing beliefs and changing these kinds of fears of putting yourself out there and being in public and um, speaking on camera. And you did a whole lot of that transformation. So about all sorts of things, we'll get to that. So we'll talk yeah. to Anna about her journey and let's start at the end and what you're doing now. What's, what's, what's on your plate and your interests and what are you excited about in your life and how you're living? So. I think about this regularly. And I think the one thing that really stands out to me is waking up in the morning. I wake up. And I'm excited about the day. Okay. I, I feel really blessed to have the day. And I'm not worried about what's going to happen during the day. I'm just excited. I know something's going to happen. Even if it's a quiet day, I'll enjoy the quietness of it. Mm. Um, and if it's a, an exciting day, I'm ready. And for me, that's an enormous change. Um, so I love that. I appreciate that every day that I'm just excited to wake up. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Without special stuff going on. If it's a quiet day, you're like, you'll go enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to wake up and be me. <laughs> well, and you're sleeping better. I, I, yeah. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So you're well rested. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't had nightmares the night before. Yeah, that's why I figured you're 
Yeah, which was a regular thing. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and you, yeah, were afraid, you were afraid to go to sleep, I think. Yeah, I was afraid to go to sleep and I was afraid to wake up. So <laughs> I'm okay. now happy so to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm happy to wake up. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. So that's where you are. And you're now sharing this with other people. Yeah, happy I started, to wake yeah, up and go about their day. And you're yeah. doing that how? Um, I've started my own business, Living Happy. Uh, I work with uh, trauma clients, clients who are really motivated to recover from their traumatic experiences, usually in childhood. I just saw that I had the idea before I did this work that trauma was something that I would have to live with for the rest of my life, the, the symptoms of trauma. It was not something that I could overcome. It was just something that I could manage. And when I went through the self-mastery and the other trauma, uh, trauma recovery work that I did, you know, I came out the other end and I consider myself recovered and completely healed. And so I really wanted to get that message out to other people that you don't have to live with this for the rest of your life. Things have happened. You have traumatic symptoms and traumatic responses but you can come out the other end of this and be happy and peaceful and calm. And, and so that's really the message that I want to get out to people. So I work with um, individuals doing coaching and I love it. I, I just love it. I'm inspired by their stories. I'm inspired by their motivation to, to give this a go. And it's really courageous to step up and say, I'm going to put all of my dirty laundry out there and I'm going to face everything that comes up. Mm -hmm. And I believe something better is possible. That inspires me. Um, and so I love working with people who, who want to move past their trauma. And it's not just living happy. It's living happy website dot com dot au. Dot com dot au. Cause you're in yeah, Australia. I'm in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Okay, livinghappy.com.au. Okay. Yeah. And what's the feeling when you have that trauma client, you know, and you do a session with them and then you see and you talk to them after and maybe it's a couple weeks later or whatever time later, like, and that thing that hung them up is no longer hanging them up and you see that, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, what is that feeling? I'm, I'm really excited. And yeah. I know when they get started that, they don't have to live that way. Yeah. And so I know it when we get started. I know yeah. that they, they can let that go, but it's not easy. And I love my clients. And when I see them come through difficult things and move out the other side, mm -hmm. and, you know, initially it might just be that they feel some peace. I felt calm this week. Mm. I know what a big achievement that is yeah. to not have the voices in the head and the suffering and the dreading every day. The fear, the anxiety, and they yeah. just got peace, whether it was for one day they're like, or for an hour, they're like, ah, oh, they could relax. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and feel some quiet and, and peacefulness. And once they've seen it a little bit, they know it's possible. 
So even like you say, they've just had it for an hour, but they did have it for an hour and they haven't had that for an hour before. Yeah. They haven't had it that they remember ever. And now they're like, okay, it's possible if I can have it for an hour, if I can have it for a moment, like, okay, could I live like that all the time? That was my like heart opening love joy. And I'm like, I want this all the time. I don't know if it's possible, but I want this all the time on the off chance it's possible. I want to feel like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was, this was my excitement with teaching. And somebody asked me why you teach. And it's just like, I think it was Joe Dispenza or somebody described it this way. It's like, you, you taste this incredible food. You have this most delicious mango or something. You're like, Oh my God, you got to try this. Like here, you want to put it in somebody else's mouth, like taste, experience this. This is beautiful. And you're like, you want to share it. You want other people to, to have that pleasure and enjoyment as well. Yeah, that's true. And also once they've experienced it, even for that one hour, yeah. what did they do beforehand? How did they get to that one hour? And then we can go back and look at what worked for them because it's different for everybody. Everybody's journey is different, but we can start to look at what really worked for them. Oh, you, oh, so you'll break it down for a person. Like what was the setup? What primed that shift in emotion, that shift in state of mind and say, okay, now it happened maybe by accident, but now you'll go back and dissect it and say, let's set this up as a process so we can intentionally create that experience again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Cool. Smart smart <laughs> okay yeah, and often the little things that we don't notice <clears throat> you know it might be uh you know i've been focusing on my sleep all this week and and getting to bed at a good time and and setting myself up to have a good night's sleep mm-hmm. oh i've noticed you know i feel a little little more rested at the end of the week and i can stay with some of the harder emotions i feel a bit more energized mm. And so I'm able to stay with them. I'm able to work with through them. And then I'm able to ground myself. As opposed to being overwhelmed if you're just a little more tired. So yeah, what is a sleep schedule and a rest schedule shows up as not being emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times with my clients start with anxiety, particularly trauma. I mean, I want to know what their sleep schedule is. I go for basics. You know, I don't go deep beliefs and stuff like, how are you sleeping? What foods are you eating? How much coffee are you having that's going to elevate your anxiety level? You yeah. Know, how much exercising? How much out in, how much are you getting out in nature? It's like, okay, are you doing some basic things to set yourself up to be healthy and emotionally stable? Yeah. Yeah. And those things are really important. And I think, you know, a lot of time people think, oh, that's so basic. Yeah. They're that's like, oh no, I've got this real emotional issue. It's overwhelming me. I need to address it. I'm like, Drink some water, have a rest. (laughs) Yeah, take a nap, turn off your phone, go to bed on time. And they're they're like, Gary, you don't understand. I'm like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) Like your system needs to change everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle. You say that it's it's hard work. Yeah, this process is hard work. Yeah. And so you do need to take care of the basics, and you, you know, it's it's that notion of starting to take care of yourself that you're worth taking care of. And so you're going to get, get the basics in order. And, and when you start to rest your body, then you can be activated and come back to rest 
and be activated again, you know, doing the journaling or processing mm -hmm. and come back to rest. So you're not getting overwhelmed. You're, you're taking measured steps all the time towards processing your past or moving through some difficult emotions and always coming back to that restful rebalancing your nervous system. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I think of this, I'm on that page. I think of this more in terms of your building skills and your strengthening skills. Yeah. It's like, what's the skill, your ability to process emotion? What's the ability to focus your attention? Uh, what's your ability to relax? Those are skills. And this is why I think of this. This is training. You're in training. Like, okay, you want to be a good athlete? Like, get rest. Yeah. You know, get, eat a good diet. You know, it's like changing the biome in your gut changes your emotions. What foods are you eating? It matters. So. Yeah, it does matter. Cool. Yeah. And people shake their heads, but I'm like, do this. And then they come back a couple weeks later, they're like, hey, I feel different. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. And if you keep doing the same things that you were doing before, you will feel the same way as you did before. And, you know, we've known each other for years now and you've seen, every time I see you, I say, oh, this is a different version of Anna. Yeah. And so the newer versions of ourselves behave in different ways. And it starts with those simple things. Yeah. Old Anna used to sit around all day and watch TV and not take care of herself. Yeah. And the newer versions of me do take care of, you know, I do take care of myself. I do get plenty of exercise and outdoor, outdoor time. So yeah. that's part of the process of those changing identities over time. Okay. So, so let's talk about that journey then. So here you are, you're taking care of yourself and you've got enough agency and extra love to share and, and consciousness and you're helping take care of other people now. Yeah. Uh, What's the process? What's your journey? And then we'll talk about maybe like where you started that it all looked hopeless to start with. Because yeah. uh, you, came, you came on a trip about three years ago. Yeah. When I met you, you showed up, you showed up in Utah, went to Zion. <laughs> if you want to start, there's your journey. Or, or the, I, remember, oh, I remember sitting at the table, you go, here's my story. Let's go, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, is there hope for me kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if you want to start there or what's... Yeah, no, I'll start out. there. What, what, what I'll you? start there. Um, I, my life had hit the devastating point where things were really falling to pieces. And I knew that. My family knew that. My GP knew that. <laughs> things were not going well. Your GP, so your, bo was, your body was having... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'd been having bouts of depression for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And also um, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, which just means you're anxious about everything. So I had learned to live with those things. Um, but my stress threshold was just at its peak. I just couldn't tolerate any more stress. Um, and so I was starting to have, apart from those symptoms that I already had, I was starting to have physical symptoms as well. I had severe allergies to numerous things and um, also, you know, shortness of breath and so that forth. You, that you hadn't had before? Yeah it, yeah, it was just getting progressively worse. Yeah, and nightmares and, and not me, sleeping well for how long? Well, 30 years. 30 years, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. So physically, I, I knew things were not going well. Okay. Mentally, I knew things were not going well. And I had some extra stresses in my life. And I just knew I couldn't deal with them. I knew I've really reached my peak. I really need help. And I looked for help before. The extra trust, your daughter was ill? Yeah. 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 And so I'd looked for help before and hadn't been able to find it. And I went to my GP and she prescribed antidepressants. And so I took them for a while and I had a massive allergic reaction, the likes she said she'd never seen before. And so I had to stop taking them. And she said, you've got to find something else. She didn't know. know. You're you're on your own. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she's a lovely lady, but she, she said, you need to go and find something else. Yeah. Because they're not trained in how to, how do you deal with teach or solve anxiety and depression? Yeah. So I went home feeling pretty depressed (laughs) and I started Googling on the internet. Um, I'm a very resourceful person and I Googled happiness and I found your website and I started listening to the free sessions and particularly the gratitude really, you know, it really touched me because I could see that my past had been pretty traumatic and there were lots of events in there that made it made sense that I was depressed and anxious, but I also had a lot going right in my life. And I just couldn't marry the two together. And so listening to the gratitude just allowed me to appreciate what was going right for me, at least some of the time. Mm -hmm. And, And sort of counter that negativity that overwhelmed me most of the time. So I started listening to your free sessions. I really enjoyed them. And I saw that you had an event coming up just a month after I'd started listening to your sessions. And I said to my husband, we need to go. And I live in Australia. And so we booked our flights to Utah. Yeah. And I turned up with that. Yeah. 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 And I, I really think something called me. Something said, you need to, you need to go and do this. And so we turned up, we didn't know what to expect. Did you, did you know what was, to sources, depression, anxiety, do you correlate it to your past at all? You're just like lost about what was causing it? I knew what had caused it. Yeah. I had, I had a really traumatic upbringing. Yeah. So I knew that was the cause of it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, didn't know how I just had it. no idea how to get out of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I turned up at the, um, the retreat and ready to leave by the way ready to run in a moment's notice ready to, weird. ready to leave at any moment yes and so the first day i was quite okay i felt okay and then the second day i was just i felt really overwhelmed i felt exposed i felt really vulnerable yeah. i had a breakdown i call it in front of everybody and but that was the moment something changed for me because In the past, when I'd had a big reaction like that, everybody wanted to get away from me or shut me down. So stop doing whatever it is you're doing Mm -hmm. that's not appropriate or just move away from me. 
And actually the group just stayed with me and you stayed with me and said, it's okay to have this reaction. And I'd never heard that before. And I'd certainly never experienced that before. And so um, I cried and shook and did numerous other things um, for the rest of the retreat. And as I was leaving, I, I remember saying to you, what am I supposed to do now? I'm going home. What am I supposed to do? And so we talked about me getting a trauma recovery therapist at home and you gave me some indication about what to look for and specifically that she's very experienced and that she uh, was an EMDR specialist. Mm -hmm. And um, then we set up to do the weekly coaching sessions, which we did then. Yeah. For two years, I think, after that. Pretty much. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the EMDR therapist for a year. Mm -hmm. um, and she was a lovely lady and she was really happy for me to work with you and her at the same time. And I know some therapists don't like that, but that worked really well for me. Yeah. It was a really fantastic process for me because I could work with her on my past experiences and let them come up and they would come up for days afterwards. And then I would work with you at the end of the week to process them and then bring my nervous system back down again and make some sense of what had happened in my past. And then the next week I could start the process all over again. That's a, a challenging way to go. I, you know, I have a different sense that I'm still learning about, you know, best practices for working through trauma. And so, you, you know, your approach was really aggressive. It was aggressive. Yeah. Like, and I don't work like I, that with my clients actually. No. And, and learning what I've learned in the past three years, like, yeah, I'd be much more gentler in the beginning about a process too. And, and you, I know you do that with your clients now. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah that's the I best we know how to do at the time. Yeah. And I know a lot of therapists do encourage clients to sort of, go at it mm -hmm. like a bull in a china shop <clears throat> excuse me um whereas now i work with my clients much more about building up skills in the beginning sorry my throat is a bit croaky <clears throat> yeah that's yeah the same because there are skills you can have so that when you have that emdr session and you go go to a back to a memory to kind of clear it and clear something out of your nervous system that you're you know how to integrate it you know how to pro you have skills in processing the emotion you have skills in understanding like why your brain did that and the, the why you kind of set your life in that direction for so many years yeah you know, so yeah that that's those are yeah, part of skill building that's training and if you do it that more gentle way it does allow you to you build up the skills but also you build up the confidence in yourself that oh i can come up a little bit and be a bit um dysregulated and then I can come back down to being regulated again. And so you get that confidence like, oh, I can move in this space. I can move up and down a little bit. Whereas my journey was much more blow the roof off yeah. and then try to get myself back to neutral again during the week. And yeah. so I don't encourage people to, to process their trauma that way. No, you want skills and processing the emotion and, and, and like you learn to swim before you go out into the big waves. 
uh, yeah. deviate emotionally. So, um, and also to understand what resources you might need in that space. And initially, you don't really know. No. Oh, I need some people that can hold this space for me and just allow my emotions to come out and and not be bothered by them. And I need to take care of myself. And and how do I do that? And how do you do that? Yeah. I need some people that I can call when I feel really dysregulated. Yeah, so you do need to see what resources do I need and what can help me just to stay in that more gentle space, which gives you confidence. Yeah, and you feel safe. That yeah. it's okay to dismantle these, these patterns and uh, these are people I can rely on. It's okay to go sleep in the afternoon and just rest and without judgment. So, so you're, you're doing regular sessions with me. You're doing the practices in the course you're doing EMDR, but you, you went full court press. And so you're like, let me, after a while, you're like experimenting with all sorts of modalities. What else did you apply that helped that didn't help you or that, that stands out? You think? I also, I listened to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about, you know, which podcasts were really helpful to me. And it was the ones that allowed me to feel self-love or love for other people. So really extending my experience of love, which was quite limited previously. I mean, I love my husband, I love my children, but I knew love previously as being conditional. Mm. I could give myself love if I did a really good job at something or if I succeeded at something or my husband did the right thing, then we can give love. But I learned more about just giving love to myself and other people and receiving love just because we are. And that's enough. And so you found that with particular podcasts or, or, or certain people I, that was like, but you, you've, you've looked back and you know what worked for you. You saw this, this was a core piece. Like where is unconditional love? Where am I feeling it from a person that's in a podcast and where is, yeah. Yeah. And also the podcast, my mind was a bit crazy at, in the early stages of recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much going on and there's, oh, can I even trust Gary? Like, I don't know anything about him. Can I trust my therapist? Is my husband really going to be okay with these reactions that I'm having? And so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of thinking going on up there. There's a lot of conflicting thoughts happening. And so podcasts just help to ground me and give me a sense of faith that things work out okay. And it was all, almost implanting someone else's voice into my head telling me it's gonna be okay. That's interesting. It was, it was a few years ago, I had people tell me they're coming to events, they're like, Gary, it's like you're, you're now a voice in my head or I listen to your podcast and your, your audios, you know, when I go to sleep at night, and I was uncomfortable with that. And then I thought about, well, some of the voices that might be in their head. No, mine's a good substitute for a while. But eventually get back to your own authentic voice. But I was like, yeah, if you can just keep your tyrannical voices at bay by listening to something that's loving and kind, that's maybe insightful and give you some clarity. Okay, I'll be a substitute for a while on that. So yeah, good for you. Yeah, because yeah. our own voices are don't give us a rest and they'll put us into anxiety. Yeah, and our old voices, you know, they have that, it's such critical language. And I, I wasn't raised with anything different to that. I didn't have this loving voice that I could think about. And so I needed to look for it somewhere else. 
time. Yeah. So, and then you showed up at a few more events. You came to Mexico. You did an event with us in Europe and where else? So. Uh, yeah, I think I did about two a year. I've been doing two, two a year. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they really helped me immerse in the process because your process is not, it's, it was not a part of how I originally lived my life. These were all new concepts to me, a new way of thinking about things, a new way of feeling. And so the retreats were great to just immerse myself in that, in that process with other people doing the same thing and going through the same kinds of struggles. Maybe they're a bit further along, they're having more successes, could give me some insights or some tips and just be so nice. And so I have, I have really good friends from the retreats. I've stayed with people from the retreats and, and that's been a really, a really important part of my journey and my process. And it's something I love. I just love the retreats, which I didn't originally, I originally found them quite challenging, but now I love them. And say your parts of your personality. Well, yeah, it's, the last thing you want to do in that in that kind of state with you, you're anxious, you're you're you know, you have whole parts of your nervous system that are afraid. Last thing you want to do is open up and be vulnerable, let emotions out to release. You know, you've got this whole protective strategy, you know, plan that you're gonna run for your life and how you're gonna be perfect and don't let anybody see any imperfections. You know, yeah, that's like and that's the stuff we just like, yeah, that stuff's making us sick emotionally. That's the stuff we're gonna let go of in in this week. So it's like, yeah, this your whole belief system going to hate that process. <laughs> yeah, it did hate that process. And, and I had this belief that I was the, you know, the weird one, the broken one, the one with the worst problems. And then I'm just crying at a whole retreat. Yeah. So I'm, it's like, okay, everyone can just see everything that I'm most afraid of. Look at me. I am the one with the biggest problems. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I am the most broken one. I am the most depressed one says your story so yeah yeah and yeah. everybody else is in their own story nobody's got time to notice you or like or if they do they're like wow anna's really going after it she's really <laughs> being present with her emotions i wish i was doing what you know had the courage to do what she was doing you know yeah like, so it's like it's not what you think it is. no that's right yeah <laughs> they're going anna's really going for it she's making so much progress and i'm not i'm really broken you know, so. <laughs> Everybody's I wish I could cry more like she does. Everybody's in their own story of those things. It's like, yeah. I want to do, I, years ago, I wanted to do a book of like, take 10 people, you know, one of these five or six day retreats to so take, take 10 people and like, okay, get each of them. What was your, what was your experience of that first day you mm. know, or this event? And then the next day, 10 people's experience of the, this meditation or this part of this ceremony and this process, you know, and like 10 completely different experiences of the same thing every time, you know, so that people can see like, oh, there isn't a supposed to, this, there isn't a version of what this is supposed to look like. Everybody's going to have their own experience. Yeah. It's going to be right for them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And they're all the star of their own show. <laughs> all right. So what else about your journey? This, like you said, you were worried about, okay, how's, what's your husband going to think of this? How did that go? Because you're in this process and, you know, how did it affect the family? 
because your your idea of what that relationship is, who you are in that relationship, who you are as a mom, that now is all how you're going to interact with your how you're going to parent. All those beliefs are changing. So, you know, then you're gonna like okay, I'm gonna show up and be different. How you work through that? How what was that like? Yeah, and it, you know, we continue to work through that because. Um, my husband does this work as well. And so we've both changed over the years. Um, it's been a really amazing process actually working or, you know, being in a family, changing your belief system, changing your identity, changing the way that I relate to other people and the people I love and that does affect other people. And so initially, um, especially my children, found it a bit um, disconcerting. I think you're. I think you're being polite. <laughs> I won't tell you what they really said. Um, but actually, you know, it's funny. Yeah, they were outraged. Yeah, people get used to us being a, a particular way, and. In the past, they knew if I was angry, I would behave a particular way, yelling, you know, red face, cranky. They were used to that. They were used to, if I was sad, I was sobbing, crying. And, and then I started to be calm. And they said to me, how are we supposed to know how you feel? You're not raging. You're not sobbing, crying. You're not just flipping out. You haven't locked yourself in your bedroom. You just seem calm. And we, we don't know what's going on. And it, were they nervous? Sound like they were nervous. They're yeah, like, they just on? didn't know how to read that. Like they knew how to, how to read the previous situation. And, and I suppose they knew how to react to that. Oh, if mum's cranky, stay away from her. If mum's locked herself in a bedroom, just leave her. They knew how to react to that. And so they didn't know what to do with me when I was calm. And so I was just really honest and open with them and said, I'm working on stuff. And at the moment, I have to think through things. It doesn't come naturally. Oh, I'm having this thought and this is giving me this feeling. And, you know, how do I choose to react to that? It was kind of a really slow process. And you're, so, re you're retraining your brain how to interpret situations. Yeah. And, and changing my beliefs about things. Well, how do I feel about that now? Maybe I wouldn't go straight to rage. Maybe I would go to curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to be honest with them and say to them, I'm doing a lot of thinking and the way that I'm feeling is changing. And sometimes I don't know how to respond yet. And they still thought that was weird. But over time, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a much calmer person mm -hmm. and I am a much more genuinely happy person and I'm much more honest. And so we've had to learn new ways of interacting with each other, which I think is much more filled with love and honesty. It's, you know, we love each other. Let's sit down and, and really talk to each other and really listen to each other and try to understand how each person is feeling. 
it's it's really different. I love it. Yeah. I and I think my family is still getting used to it. <laughs> what you're describing, you're like, hey, <clears throat> you're calm. We don't know how to how to react. We don't know how to respond. They're, like they were looking for the right reaction, and what you engaged them in was, I don't know, but this is what's going on for me. And so you engage them in this sharing, honesty, and and just letting them know, like, I don't have an answer either for you about what you're supposed to do, but here, understand me. But this began, you know, this is a dialogue of understanding each other that you didn't have before. Absolutely. Yeah, before it was just something happens, <clears throat> I think something about it, and I react. Yeah. It's fast. <laughs> or something happens, I react, and then I think about it. Yeah. Whereas now I can, I can think things through and I don't need to react straight away. I can just respond when I'm ready. Yeah. And so it's, it's a much slower process. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you decide what you want to do about it. It wouldn't be with the anger, it wouldn't be the sadness. And yeah, that was new to them. Mm. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And now there, but then you, but then you invited and you also changed your relationship with them. You had then had the bandwidth to listen to them and yeah. know that there was stuff behind the scene. There was stuff behind the reaction that you could ask about and have the patience and openness to listen and say, well, what else is that about? What else is that about? Yeah. Yeah. And letting my ego step aside because in the past, you know, especially with my children, if they'd come to me and say, mom, we're not happy about this all my wounds would be exposed, my ego is raging, you know, I'm offended, I'm hurt, I'm brokenhearted, I'm all sorts of things. And so it was really my ego responding. Mm -hmm. And so the ego doesn't go away and it doesn't go away. It doesn't even step aside quickly. So in those moments. Yeah. So over time, I just notice more and more that when I'm communicating with my family, I'm not, I'm not responding from a place of wounding or defensiveness or my ego is being bruised or I can just sit with it authentically and, and allow space for them to express whatever it is they want to express. And then, and then you change some things. You're like to rush in and rescue. You're like, Nope, let's not do that. And you got to fix. And, yeah, you have to hold all that at bay, which you could then. Yeah. yeah. Find yeah. a different kind of solution in that. And that's a, that was actually a really interesting thing I discovered in this process is, you know, early on days I knew, oh, well, the judge is bad. The judge says a lot of negative things. That inner critic, the judge, yeah. And the victim, I could see the victim's not helping me. So I could see those two are not helping me a lot. But the hero, I really thought was helping me. I thought, you know, the hero is saving the day. The hero always knows what to do. The hero's got all the answers. The hero knows better than everybody else. And so I've learned that the hero is actually part of that drama triangle yeah. with the judge and the victim. Yeah. And so I've had to learn to step aside from that. And my children are young women now and to just trust in their abilities and their wisdom and their knowing for themselves 
and to take a more observer approach to the choices that they're making as well instead of rushing in and fixing it with my hero who knows everything because you know what are they going to do as adults if that's their practice for years growing up you know they're like they'll be adults looking for mom's hero character to save them yeah. okay so yeah there's there's repercussions you change your own belief systems your your idea of yourself you let go of these destructive strategies that look like they're helping and then okay you're not doing the same relationships in the same way uh <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's consequences, but there's consequences. Well, it's good consequences. It's work, but there's consequences of not changing it. You're, you're going to keep doing the same thing you have been doing. Absolutely. And I, I got to the point where I knew my relationships were in trouble before I started this work. My relationships with my kids were in trouble. My relationship with my husband was in trouble. And my relationships with everyone around me were in trouble. When you say trouble, how did you know? You're like, they're in trouble. What was the sign or what, what was, what did that mean? I couldn't maintain any kind of stability in interacting with other people. I was just really reactive and wounded all the time. Emotionally. Yeah. Reacting all and the time. there were times when my kids needed me and I knew they needed me and I wanted to be able to be helpful and I just couldn't. I couldn't take care of myself and I could see that my husband was having to walk around on eggshells all the time to make sure he wasn't making me feel worse. You know, obviously I was already feeling really vulnerable and having trouble coping. Mm -hmm. So I started to have that sense that people were tiptoeing around me and that they couldn't ask for anything from me. I didn't have anything to give them. Anything but your reactions, your emotional reactions. And you're aware of this. You'd have the reactions. What was the kind of dial? Because now we're like, okay, this is what the journey started. You know, the kind of state of mind you're in and state of emotion you're in before you start getting some mastery of yourself processes in place. What is, what is after you have a reaction, you have an awareness, I overreacted or I don't have anything to give them. They need me and I can't. You know that you're supposed to be doing something better. You're not able to, what's the internal dialogue in your head at that point that piles on, makes it worse? Pretty severe. I actually, there were times I thought they're better off without me. Mm. Um, I can't cope being around other people because I know I'm not living up to what I would like to be or what they need me to be. And I would just get overwhelmed with shame. And shame, anyone who's experienced deep shame, it is the most, it drags you down. It's that emotion, it's so heavy, it's so sickening. It just drags you down. And that's what I would have after these reactions. Mm -hmm. Just complete shame. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I believe shame makes you sick. I felt sick afterwards. Physically. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was part of the difficulty breathing. That was part of. Uh, yeah. Well, if you if you have that strong emotion and like you had the trauma, or you just go an emotional reaction, what's happening is you're people to say you're. Oh yeah, the chemical imbalance. Well, if you go to a memory. Or if you go to have an emotional reaction about a driver or the dirty dishes, you can go to all those emotions in the way that you imagine and what it means, and you're flooding your body with adrenaline and cortisol and the different chemicals. So you're changing your chemistry by having those emotional reactions from your belief system. So it's like your belief system is creating your emotions, creating your chemical cocktail. You know, it's not your emotions creating the chemicals the way I see the order of things. So, yeah, it's going to have a physical effect because you've just flooded your system and your nervous system says, this is a terrible thing. Yeah, and then it starts affecting your immune system. So, yeah, it's your physical body is right along that path. So, you, well, well, yeah, we'll talk about the, the, the before Anna, the old yeah. <laughs> ancient Anna. Yeah. So, ancient this is Anna. going on. But you, try, you did things to try and get help. Yeah, I did. I remember one of those <laughs> stories that I was like rolling my eyes about. I don't know if you'll tell yeah, me. yeah. So I have a pretty traumatic background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Adverse Childhood Experiences score. I get a <laughs> 9 out of 10, which is pretty high. Is, it, um, is that like a legitimate... Uh... Yeah, it's a psychological assessment. Okay, Adverse Childhood Assessment. It's, what's it called? Adverse Childhood Experiences score. Okay, and it's kind of a measurement of trauma. Yeah. During childhood, you got a nine out of 10. Nine okay. out of 10, yeah. Which just means I didn't have a parent in jail, even though probably one of them could have been. <laughs> one or both of them could have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had a really that, that would have made it a 10 out of 10, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had a really traumatic childhood and... Um, I actually, my first experience with help um, was in hospital. I attempted suicide at 17 mm -hmm. and um, I spent a week in hospital and I saw a psychologist when I was there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was nearly 30 years ago. Um, psychological care wasn't so great then. And so it was really just a parting um, bit of advice, which to me sounded like you're on your own. Um, he said, you know, you need to go and take care of yourself. You need to, you don't have any family. You've got no one, you're on your own. However you, your life turns out is going to be up to you. So that was my first, actually, I really liked him. <laughs> well, I thought it was, there was some wisdom in that. There was, it was a harsh truth. You know, it's, you know, depending how you take your, like, you would stop looking to your parents for help, which would be a good thing and going, okay, yeah. I'm going to do some things for myself. Yeah. You know, so yeah, depending on what you do with that, it can be really good. Which, yeah. yeah. After that, I went to see psychologists from time to time mm -hmm. and my story is pretty overwhelming. And so they would want to focus just on one thing and it might be, Oh, we can help you, you know, be a little bit more assertive and, and, you know, see how that goes for you. But I still had all of these 
beliefs about myself and other people and life. And just that didn't seem to make much difference. And I also had trauma therapists who were just overwhelmed by my story. And I would invariably get referred to somebody else. It's like, oh, that's a terrible story. You know, you've triggered me a bit. And I can't help you, but I'll refer you on to somebody else that can. And often the other uh, person that we're going to refer me to might be in another state. It just didn't seem like accessible help that I could get. And it was very much about managing my symptoms, yeah. not about overcoming the trauma and getting to a place of being healed. Yeah. And, that, and was, that's often the psychology model is like what they know is like, we know that we can manage this. We don't, they, they don't, or depending on which therapist you go to, but that's the, the, the approach. It's not like, oh, you, you can be totally fine and you can be happy. It's not part of what the expectation is or possibility is. I'm not yeah. a believer in that limited approach. No, I'm not either. And I'm actually really passionate about letting people know that they can recover. Because I think when you believe that, go ahead. When you believe that you just have to manage your symptoms, you feel hopeless. I felt hopeless. My life is never going to be good. At best, I can manage these symptoms, but I'm always going to be a bit troubled. I'm always going to be a bit broken. I'm always going to be a bit depressed and anxious. That's not very uplifting and it's not very empowering. Is that why, like, look, looking at that potential future, did that look really bleak? Is that why you're like, no, I want something that clears this all up? Is there, or, or was there something inside of you that has sense, no, healing's possible, I can overcome this? I mean, what, what in you can you tell was helping guide that decisions for this other outcome? I didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think now I'm an internal optimist. <laughs> I just never gave up. I was always looking for an answer. And, you know, I've thought about why did I do that? Why did I keep looking for answers? I think a part of me knew something better was possible. Mm -hmm. And I think I also had enough faith in myself that I could achieve something better. And I didn't know that at the time. I, I must have had some something. A seed of that, a part of that, not fully formed as a thought, but like something not even articulated, pushing for, you know. Because you had a sense when you're like, would go to have a reaction with your family, you had a sense of that's not who you wanted to be. You had a sense of this is causing problems. You had a sense of that this reaction isn't you. So you... You know, the way you describe that, it sounds like ah, that's not who I want to be. You know, you, they wanted you to be different. You wanted to be different. Yeah. So there's this sense of some other possibility even in that. Yeah. And there were times, you know, I wasn't depressed and crying and angry all the time. And when I wasn't, I'm a really nice person. <laughs> and so I had a sense that, and I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I can actually be a really nice person as long as nobody bothers me. 
<laughs> nothing gets triggered yeah. yeah 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 so i think i did have this sense that i can do better than that i want better than that yeah even after all the trauma therapists said no no i don't think i can help you go someplace else you're like yeah. keep looking okay yeah it's it's something yeah you said like why you're excited to wake up in the morning like you know what that is you know what that other life is of old anna and what that feeling is and uh it's going to give you such an appreciation for what you have and what you feel now so yeah and I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think when you've been in that really dark place, and I was in a really dark place, you sense that you feel that pain. When the pendulum swings the other way to feeling joy, mm -hmm. I'm so excited that I'm not traumatized. That in itself excites me every day. I don't need big things. You know, I look out my window and the sun is shining and there's a breeze blowing. I can appreciate that because I'm not in the darkness. Yeah. And when, but when you're depressed or you're in anxiety, you don't see it, you don't feel it. It's, you know, you feel the inner world. The outside looks the same, but you feel it you feel what's in your inner world and that's the part that needs to change. That's the, that's the magical transformation. It's like, an, yeah. and it is magical because the way I saw the world before and other people, I thought everybody was awful. Well, I thought other people were scary. People could hurt me. People couldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm not okay. I'm broken, all of that. And life is just a tragedy and life is hard. So when I change my beliefs to actually other people are good. People are doing the best they can. You know, we all have this capacity for unconditional love. I'm a good person. And I, I deserve to experience love. I deserve to give love. And I think life is a miracle. When I change those beliefs from the old ones to the new ones, the whole world looks different to me. And it's hard for me to see it. Well, I can't even see it the way that I used to. It's hard to, for me to even imagine how I saw it that way before because physically nothing's changed. My life physically is the same. Yeah, same house, same husband, same yard. Yeah. yeah. Except you're not afraid to leave the house and drive the car and go walk in the woods now. Yeah, so. yeah, which I was afraid of all of those things. Yeah, yeah. What, what were you telling yourself as you're going through the journey? What you, so you got the dark narratives that are telling you, like this won't work and you know, can't we really trust Gary and you know can we trust this that the other thing and, uh, so there's this fear what kind of things were coming from that narratives and what were the little things because they're usually little in the very beginning 
that made you think, oh, this is possibility. So what were the different narratives internally that we're measuring and how they go from one to the other kind of thing? Well, I think I had this optimistic part. And another part of me that knew I didn't know the answers. I didn't know how to change this. I didn't know how to fix this. So I had those parts of me saying, trust somebody else. And like, just trust them for a month, see how it goes for a month. And then see if I can extend that to another month and just keep an eye on him. <laughs> that was me. You're going to trust me for a yeah. month. Yeah. But trust him for a month, do this process for a month because that's as much as I could commit to initially. I couldn't imagine doing this for a year. I didn't know if I could trust you for a year. I didn't know if I could trust my therapist for a year, but I could do it for a month. So I just kept the time frames short. Smart. Um, and, but the darkness said, you can't change. Your past is your past and you can't change that. So you can't change who you are and you can't change your future because you're never going to be not traumatized. You're never going to have not had those experiences and you can't just forget them. They're always going to be there. So you're kidding yourself if you think that you can let that go. Mm. And so I, I kind of envisaged it like being in a, in a dark tunnel and, you know, after a while, I'd done some of the skill building and processing and I was in the middle of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, still a lot of unknown that I needed to work through. That was scary. You know, releasing emotions was scary. So from that middle position in the tunnel, I could go back to what I already knew. If I retreated and said, that's enough, I can't do anymore. I could go back to what I knew, which was depression, anxiety, reactivity, hiding, just being fearful all the time. Mm -hmm. Or I could hope that there was something better. Because you, you, there were lots. Yeah, because at that stage, you don't feel it. You don't have that feeling like, oh, you didn't have that hour yet of feeling good. You know, so yeah, you, you were on faith. I'm going to keep going forward and trust. This is going to get better. Yeah, because the other yeah. options to go back. That's the things you know. Yeah. And that's what I saw as my two options. Either the past that I already know, I already know it's terrible, or mm. the future, which may be good. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like. Mm. But maybe it's better. And initially, when I, when I started this process, I just wanted peace. That's what I wanted, just peace. And I would have been really happy with that. And actually, by the end of the first year, I started to have those feelings of peace. And then I could add other things like love or joy. And over the next few years, I was able to feel those things as well. But peace was all I wanted at the start. And those sabotaging narratives that are saying in the beginning, hey, your past is your past. You can't change that. You can't change who you are. And your future is kind of written. It's giving you a lie, but it's also giving you a half truth to make, like, tempt you to believe it. Like, your past is your past. 
but it's assuming that that defines you now and that you can't change. Like it's hiding these lies in there under these facts that the past is the past. So, so it's like tempting you to like, oh, this is true. Your past is your past. So you're believing it, but in hidden in there is this other thing like, oh, you're not going to change. So yeah, those are, those are kind of destructive uh, traps that stop you if you believe into just even the factual part you buy into the rest yeah and also i had the the um belief that oh because i've had this past that naturally means i'm broken Mm. and i couldn't have the story initially that oh i have this past so i can be a really strong and powerful woman oh when did you see that because I have this past and because I can change myself. That's recreate yourself from this. You're stronger and more powerful. When did that develop? I would say in the last year. Yeah. 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 I would say that I saw you in the past year become a powerful person. You know, what came first, like the idea I could become a powerful person or you began to feel it in what you were doing and how you were interacting and changing. And came first. The, the thought that the came idea. initially was I wanted to be unlimited. I wanted to have unlimited potential. I still felt I had some constraints from my, my past and it was still some I'm not good enough stories. Mm-hmm. Like I'd cleaned up a lot of, a lot of the stories I had about my past, but I still had this nagging, I'm not good enough. Yeah, okay. And so I wanted to work through that and I wanted to feel unlimited. I've been given this new opportunity of life. I've been given this new, or I've worked for this new outlook on life. I don't want barriers in the way. Yeah. And so I started to think that's possible. And then I started to realize because of my past, because of what I've been through and because of what I've done and I've achieved, I see the power in that. And I don't mean power from an egotistical point of view. There's, I think there's a lot of wisdom and knowing in that. I feel it in my body. I feel what recovery feels like. When you say, go ahead. Yeah, I think that makes me feel powerful. And and that's what makes me want to share it with other people. When you say what I've done and what I've achieved, it gave you like, when you say that done and achieved, what are those things? Doing this process, going through the self-mastery, learning those little skills. And they're not big achievements. It's, you know, I can meditate now with my eyes closed for the whole time and I'm not scared. That's a big achievement. It, 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 at that journey, yeah, that's not where you're at today, but like in the beginning, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah. 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 And you're like, okay, got to that level. Now can I do it for 15 minutes? Now can I do it for 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's what, when I talk of achievement, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or that I can sit in the forest and feel completely at peace and feel love emanating from me and to me. That's my achievement that I can do that because yeah. 
I know we talked about this. I live right next to a forest, lived here for 11 years. For the first 10 years, I did not go in there because I was terrified. And the first time I went in there, I was completely terrified. And now I go in there every day and I love it. And it's, it feels like coming home to me. Yeah. So that's my, that's my definition of power. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but it's a power you build because of these little skills and little wins. It's like, Oh, I could sit with my eyes closed for 10 minutes. Like that's a big deal. You know, you celebrate that and you find other little wins because that voice in your head of the judge, it's like, God's like, Oh no, you should be enlightened already. You should be past all this. Like it does not know how to measure. Uh, and, and, by that narrative, we end up feeling like we're failing in white father. So no, we have to look for these other measurements that you're pointing out. Like what are the little things along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is Anna O'Brien and the website is livinghappy.com.au. Livinghappy.com.au. That's yep. why I in treating people with trauma because mm-hmm. it's not just about managing it. No, and yeah. there's real tools and skills you can put in place to change your brain, your nervous system, your emotional reactions, and you can be a different person. So, Definitely. And it's work. It's work yeah. and it's hard. Yeah. Uncomfortable. So let's be honest about that. Yeah. And just another thing I wanted to say is um, when I was speaking to psychologists and therapists, Mm-hmm. There was a lot of me telling my my terrible story, my you know my background story, yeah. and I found that didn't help me. It made me feel worse because it put me in that perspective. I would just be dropped right back into that perspective of being victimized and being fearful and so forth. So the work that I do with people is actually about empowering mm-hmm. and 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 changing the perspectives that you're coming from. And so we actually don't do a lot of talking about what happened in the past. I'm working with clients. I know at this point very little about what's happened in their past, but it's building those internal resources and and also bringing in external resources to help them feel empowered, to help them know how to self-regulate and to understand that movement between resting and being activated within their window of tolerance and then coming back to resting. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of, like you were saying, with the, with the athlete, training them up to be the strongest they can be without digging around in the past stories a lot of the time because I actually find that can be very damaging. Yeah, particularly, yeah, definitely in the beginning, you need, you're building up that new sense of an emotional foundation, a new identity, a sense of self and stability. Then you say, okay, from here, we can go clear that history out and, and clear all the emotion out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because also, you know, if you're coming from, you're coming at the trauma. And another thing is, you know, therapists often want to tackle your biggest trauma first. They think they'll knock that out of the park. And then you'll be left with whatever's left. Whereas I like the approach of building your skills, building your strength, thinking about yourself differently and coming at it from a much more empowered perspective. Yeah. And then starting with small things, 
So you get that confidence, oh, I can, I can work on this and I can stay pretty regulated. Or if I get dysregulated, I can bring myself back to regulated. Yeah. And, and a lot of confidence building happens so that when you do come to the bigger things and often they've shrunk because you've learned to deal with fear and shame and guilt, all of those sorts of emotions, the, the traumatic event can look much smaller, but you're a much stronger person. You're not coming from an at, from a victim perspective. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. And I will see you also in the new Self Mastery Network. Yes. And uh, you'll be sharing in there and uh, as we figure that whole community out. So, folks, Gary Van Warren from pathwaytohappiness.com. So, we have that Anna O'Brien from livinghappy.com.au. And specializing in treating people with taking care of people and empowering people out of their trauma stories in healing. So thank you so much for sharing your journey. Uh, I'm inspired and so appreciative to hear it. And I, I trust other people will too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.